Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Speak Out podcast, the podcast about all things mental health and Jesus. My name is Lauren Wilson. I'm the founder and president of Speak Out PDX, a nonprofit located in Portland, Oregon. This podcast is where you're invited to be exactly who you are, to be seen, heard, and loved to be brave enough to get curious about what sits below the surface, to let down your guard just a little, and to dismantle the armor that we've built up around our hearts, our minds, and our souls, to allow yourself space to pay attention to your body, your mind, and your soul, and to unwind our minds and let our souls rest. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, man, what a freaking week. I don't even have words to describe just all of the heartache and the tragedy and the things that I'm feeling and mourning from the families being displaced, from the wildlife losing their home, just to our forests that have been burnt to a crisp and just all of the I'm sure, emotions and feelings that people have felt through this. Um, If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Northern California and all across Oregon, there have been several wildfires that have just destroyed literally thousands and thousands of acres of forest and national forests. I know my husband and I have been chatting and just mourning and and spent several days last week just so heartbroken for for our fam like families and friends that we know personally that have been affected by this and then also just for it seems silly but just for campsites that we grew up going to and we both have been born and raised in Oregon and it's just the state holds such a special place in our hearts. And so we've been really deeply just mourning um, for for people we know that have lost so much and for memories that that are now just memories, you know, places that we can't go anymore. And and it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel anxious. I read a post on Instagram. Last last week from a good friend, and it just talked about like, hey, if you are feeling anxious in this space, no, that's that's natural. If you're feeling a little more depressed, no, that's natural. Smoke causes our bodies to go into kind of a fight or flight, and it's it's okay in your body if your body did that. That's something that's good. Your body's acting as it should. If you're around smoke and breathing in unhealthy air. Typically, that means that a fire is close, and so your body needs to flee the situation and and get to somewhere else. So just as a side note, if that's what you've been feeling this last week, please know that is so natural and okay, and that means your body's doing its job and protecting you. All that to say, let's just start. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk a little bit about the fires, a little bit about a few other things I've just been pondering, but to start let's take a few deep breaths together. Let's just breathe in peace and love. Breathe out all negativity. Maybe breathe out 
the stress of this past week. I was sitting on my porch earlier this week writing this podcast and the sky was blue. Man, it was such a sight for, for sore eyes after just days and days of smoke, not even clouds, but smoke that just filled our state. It, it almost didn't seem real from this past week that we've, we've had. It kind of felt like a dream that, that I was living in. I'm like, is, this, is the sky really that blue? It just looked unbelievable to me because I hadn't seen it in a week. And, and then just started thinking about self-care, about just breathe. Took, I took some deep breaths and the air felt so clean and crisp, like my lungs just needed it. And I'm sure several of you have felt similarly in the past few days that we've had. And there's been a few you know, pockets of smoke here and there as the wind's blowing it in and the fires are still not fully gone. They're more contained. But I just was thinking about <clears throat> how much I love Oregon, as I'm sure several of you can relate, and the Pacific Northwest, whether you're in Washington or have been here and just know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'm sure we all have just a favorite spot in nature regardless. Maybe it's the coast or the beach, maybe a mountain maybe a specific hiking trail. But I just want you to think about that space for a minute. What does it look like to you? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? For me, it's always been walking through evergreens, walking through the forest, typically on some sort of un unkept trail where rocks and sticks are just sticking out of the ground. The forest floor is just covered in greenery and bushes, fallen trees, the sound of birds that fill the air. And there's something really eerie I like about the forest, just an, an expectancy I feel, an unknown and a mystery. It keeps me on my toes, yet allows me to feel part of something greater than myself. My husband and I, when we were dating, would go on just these drives and explore old logging roads and often would feel like we got lost in the middle of nowhere. And I remember this one time pulling over on the side of a gravel road and just standing in the middle of nowhere. The trees above just stood tall. And I was thinking in this space of how it, it seemed like they were just standing in honor of the king, at attention, waving their branches to and fro in worship and in adoration towards their creator. And I think they tell a story. They've seen the world in a different way. They've stood for years, just much longer than I've even been alive. And they're there to worship. Something about standing among these giants gives me this perspective on whatever I'm facing. A feeling of humility and realizing that the world is so much bigger, that our God is so much greater 
and that our hope is founded in something far greater than this earth. I remember in middle school reading Luke 19, and I'm sure several of you are familiar with this passage. It's the story of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he tells his disciples, go ahead of me and prepare the way, announce my coming. And as he's riding into the city, people are laying their coats down and branches down, and his disciples are singing praises. And the Pharisees pull him aside and say, Jesus, you need to silence your disciples. And they tell him to rebuke them. And this is his response. He says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. See, the earth is groaning and singing praises to our king. Isaiah 55, 12 says, You shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, an active peace in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And we read again of this in Psalm 148, and it commands, literally commands all of the earth to sing praises to our king fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy winds filling his work, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, tr- fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all living stock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all rulers, sing praises to your king. I often think of those verses as I'm walking through this lush forest, as I'm, as if I'm standing in the middle of a choir of creation, just the beauty and the mystery of what the rocks and the trees and creation praise just sounds like. It's peaceful and strong. It's steadfast and so gentle. And I think that's the mystery that I feel standing in creation, standing in these forests. I think that's why I've been mourning so, so much for this forest and this state that I just love. Because when you have those moments of awe and wonder of our King, even in the midst of depression and anxiety, it gives you such a bigger perspective. I've been looking forward to visiting this forest again soon after the fires die down. And I have been wondering, my soul has just been wondering what these forests look like and thankfully have many just super talented friends and family members that have taken photos of it, just a closer look. And the forest floor is just burnt to a crisp and the trees are still standing for the most part, but scarred from fire and smoke. Cars just melted, tires completely gone, houses destroyed. And I sat on my porch trying to take it all in through a screen, reflecting on what it might feel like to be there, what it might smell like, or the sense of loss that's in the air. And you know, even in the midst of fire 
and destruction, those trees are still standing, worshiping the king. Those rocks are still crying out, the mountains still shaking in his honor. And then I started to think about our own lives. We go through seasons of feeling full and lush, like just a thick forest of green, mossy floors and branches just full of leaves, feeling confident, standing tall, knowing your worth in Jesus. And it's easy to sing praises to him when all is going well, when you're standing among the giants, when you're in community, and when you're on the shoulders of someone else, standing on the path that they prepared, their hard work, their commitment to change, their courage to show up, their endurance to make a difference every single day. But what happens when we get hit with a fire? When we feel like we've lost all control of our situation? What happens when 2020 slaps you in the face time and time again? What happens when your depression hits you like a freight train out of nowhere? Or your under control anxiety, if that's a thing, decides to make an appearance again four times the force as last time? What happens when panic attacks, suicidal ideation, or the urge to self-harm makes a surprise visit and comes knocking at your door at three in the morning? What then? Where does that leave you? Have you learned tools to fight in those situations? Who are your people? What do you do? What does scripture say? How do you recover from those feelings of defeat, anxiety, and depression? How do you re rebuild, heal, and move on? And how do you stand in those places and worship? I just want to share some of my experience in feeling like I'm standing in a fire with depression, with suicide, in my seasons of bipolar. And I just want to share what helped what helped make the difference from feeling like I was drowning to feeling like I barely kept my head above water and that was enough. Surround yourself with people. And I'm not just saying anyone. Be incredibly picky about the people that you surround yourself with. Pick people that fill you up, encourage you, push you towards growth. Surround yourself with compassionate, caring, kind people. Surround yourself with people that ask hard questions and speak truth into your life. Community can be so hard and it calls us to be vulnerable. It calls us to take a deeper look into our lives and to check those spots that aren't pretty those scars and those scabs and those wounds that have not healed fully. It calls us to be more like Jesus and it, it calls us to do that in the middle of anxiety and depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, suicidal ideation. Be in community and be like Jesus. The two can go 
hand in hand. When you have community that's committed to one another, committed to encouraging each other, committed to supporting one another, that type of community is rare. I've been part of a lot of different communities over the years, some healthy, some not so healthy, some just toxic. But find people that will stand by your side even at your darkest moments. Currently, my husband and I are part of a community group through our church, Bridgetown. And because of past experiences with those more toxic communities, it took us about a year to even join one. We were just incredibly hesitant, and it wasn't because we didn't trust how they do community. Bridgetown does community so beautifully, but it was more because our experience had just been so hurtful in the past. And so it took us a minute to join, and last year we finally joined one. And let me tell you, it has been the most redemptive experience we've ever had with community. We got so lucky to have been able to join such a supportive, encouraging group of people. And the way in which this group of people love one another, support one another, provide each other, provide for each other, and just care is truly just unbelievable to me. It's just the most exciting and beautiful thing I've seen. And it hasn't been a walk in the park by any means. Things have come up. Family members have passed away. Job changes, job loss just out of nowhere. And then all things to do with the pandemic as well. But those true life-giving friendships, they challenge you to be better and to be more loving and to be more like Jesus. This, my friend, is especially true. Find your people if you struggle with mental illness. Find people that push you towards health. Find people that speak the hard truth, even when you don't want to hear it. Find people that listen and don't just try to slap a Band-Aid over your experience. The second, if you're in this space of just feeling like you're standing in a fire, find, find a therapist. Speak Out is in no way a replacement for therapy. This podcast is in, by no means supposed to be a replacement to therapy. We're here as a space to talk about tools that might help in addition to therapy. And if you've never been to a therapist and don't know how to find one, go back to our therapist conversation. It was our first official episode. And Shalane just beautifully describes so many ways to get therapy. There's apps, there's websites. You can just call your insurance and they'll give you a list of therapists. All of our staff at Speak Out are required to be in therapy of some kind. I personally go to therapy. I love it. I I cannot speak enough about the importance of therapy. And last, I want to talk about hope for a second. I know it probably sounds odd, and I've been pondering these thoughts for a while, but you see, I think we have a choice. We have a choice to choose fear or choose hope. We get the choice to live under the authority of fear, which causes us to remain stagnant in our lives, to be shut up and to not speak out. 
to live under the authority of lies that tell you you don't deserve things, you aren't good enough, you're not lovable, you don't have a future, you will always be living in this vicious cycle of whatever life looks like right now. That's not true. Fear tells you that things will never get better and that the darkness always wins. Friends, let me tell you, that is not your destiny. That is not the life that you're being being called to. You have hope, and you get to choose hope and live under its authority, to choose to focus your attention on something greater than yourself and greater than someone else and greater than the temporary. I'm not talking about forgetting about your mental illness. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. Find hope in the midst of knowing your mental illness, in studying it, in knowing your body and focusing on what it's telling you, in knowing your warning signs and triggers, knowing coping skills and patterns that you see in it, and also know that you're part of something greater, that mental illness will not be your life forever, that some of you may struggle with seasonal depression, some may struggle with seasons of anxiety or recovering from experiences of trauma. Others of you maybe have been diagnosed with with depression or bipolar or PTSD or schizophrenia. You're living a life that feels so controlled by your mental illness. And believe me, I understand that. I've lived that. And it's hard work. And if that's you, I urge you to take the necessary steps to fight it. The number one question I'm asked is how were you healed from bipolar? And I always explain to people I experienced healing twice. And if you are diagnosed with depression or bipolar or PTSD or schizophrenia, I want you to listen right now. The first time I was healed was when I took my mental illness seriously. And when I got help, and when I found the right medication, and when I worshiped Jesus with my entire being, and when I made hard decisions that my friends didn't have to, like going to bed earlier than when my suicide hit, so that I was asleep and didn't have to fight those thoughts every night, of going to group counseling, and of, of doing literally the hardest thing I've ever had to do, which was check myself into a mental health hospital. Finding balance, finding what works, finding what you need for your mental illness, and living the most, the most healthy life you can live, that's how I experienced my first healing. And it was doing hard work. That's the one to celebrate. That's the one we should be focused on. And the second, Jesus, by nothing I did, just decided to heal me. And I'm so glad he did because I now get to speak to you. And I can tell you, honestly, you will experience healing one day. But I don't know if it will be on this earth or whether it will be in heaven. Friends, I know this isn't easy to hear, but people will fail you. People will let you down. And I'm not talking about random people that don't really make a difference. I mean your friends, your best friends, and your family. There will be seasons when you need them to show up and they won't. So then what? Well, that's when hope comes in. What are you a part of that's greater than yourself and greater than someone else? Those people will let you down. What is going to get you through those moments? And the last thing, 
If you are listening and you don't know where to start, you don't feel like you have hope and you're at rock bottom, please reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Our team would love to hear from you. And you can do this a few ways. The first is you can just DM us on Instagram at speakoutpdx, or you can shoot me an email at lauren at speakoutpdx.com and we'll have someone on our team reach out to you. We'd love to have that conversation with you. And friends, just as a final word, in case you forgot, I want you to repeat after me, I am worthy, I am enough, I am loved, and I am a warrior. Friends, I encourage you to practice self-love, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-care this week. You are easy to love, easy to celebrate, and you're absolutely worth fighting for. Hey friends, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you are brand new to listening, I hope that you found, find this to be a space of safety, love, and acceptance. We're a local Portland nonprofit who aims to equip churches and individuals with a better understanding of mental illness and tools to combat it. And if this has been a space of healing and growth for you, we would love nothing more than for you to share this with your friends and family. Share on social media, email them, call them, tell them to listen to this. And in addition, we would love for you to write a review for us on iTunes and give us five stars or whatever you think we deserve. But those reviews just mean the world to us. It helps other listeners also know what to expect and know your experience. So I know that's a lot to ask, especially if you struggle with a mental illness or anxiety, especially that can be very nerve wracking. But please just even the simplest little love this would be amazing. We are so thankful for a little family that is growing and we seriously could not do this without you. And one more final ask. We are fully, fully supported by our partners who donate financially and even just the smallest donation counts and so i would just ask i would ask that if you are part of the speak out family and you consider yourself a partner with us you love what we do i would just ask that you would consider donating Um, you can find a form on our website at speakoutpdx.com forward slash donations and there's options to be a monthly supporter or just a one-time donation all of that money goes directly towards operation costs and also towards scholarships for therapy so know that your money is going straight back into just our mission and what we believe in and we would just love to be able to partner with you in that way as well so thank you again i hope you all have just a fabulous week and we will talk again next wednesday